Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Bill, welcome back. Another chat with you and I. It's great to see you. Yes. And you know, I'm feeling pretty optimistic today. The overall picture in the United States seems to be pretty good. We may be at a transition period. Community transmission is still high across the United States when it comes to COVID-19. Of course, there are some outbreaks in some part of the countries, but according to the CDC data, um, COVID deaths and hospitalizations are down. And now 78% of people in the United States aged 12 or older have at least one dose of the vaccine. A lot of things going in the right direction, as you say, which gives us hope. I think we're still going to be through November and into December kind of in this I don't say odd time, but it's, you have to remember the hospitalizations in particular tend to be sort of a lag indicator. So we see cases go up, then we see hospitalizations go up, then we see the positivity rate start to decline, and then we see the hospitalizations start to decline. So I think we know right now in Minnesota, hospitals are quite full. So we'll still kind of be contending with this, but all the trends for what the future looks like are right now headed in the right direction, which is really great to see. Yeah, we definitely have some unknowns for sure with the colder weather and people going indoors and some big holidays coming up. And of course, in microbiology, we're thinking about what testing do we need to provide for influenza, which looks like it might be circulating. We don't know how bad of a year it will be for flu. And then of course, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, we've been seeing that circulating as well. So still some unknowns, but also some good news and things maybe going in the right direction. Yep, there'll always be unknowns, right? I guess we've been living now through almost two years of, <laughs> of unknowns, yeah. <laughs> than we normally anticipate, particularly when it comes to respiratory viruses. But yeah, I mean, you're right. We don't know for sure, but certainly the numbers, right? The barometer is headed in the right direction. This is the way to think about it. So, but we hope, and we hope there won't be another storm front to roll through. I like how you said that. Really, it's true. We've been living in about two years of unknowns. <laughs> And I think later this year, before the end of 2021, we can reflect on how we've learned a lot over the past two years, especially thinking back to when we first heard of COVID-19 and didn't even know what that was going to mean for us. I guess some of the advancements I think of that really we've seen, even in just the past month, now we have booster recommendations for all three vaccines. Just the fact that we have vaccines is a huge advantage and they're very effective. And now we have these boosters. And now we're hearing that there's going to be information coming out about recommendations for kids as young as five years of age for vaccination. Yeah, it is an interesting time. If I look back and we are not doing that today, Obviously, the first at least 10 months before we have vaccines available, the focus is on testing. The focus is a lot on the virus and how the Mm -hmm. virus is spreading. Kind of underneath that and what has been rising is then the whole social fabric of COVID and that debate, which is going to be ongoing. And that will be with us at least as long as the virus is, because now we'll have to really understand who should be vaccinated amongst kids. There's a lot that's going to, you know, I'm sure there'll be great debate around that. If you even read some of the the FDA advisory panel, there was apparently some debate in that group about, you know, clearly it seemed to be safe, but, you know, which kids should be prioritized and those things. So there'll be a whole ongoing 
discussion around the social fabric in terms of vaccination and also masking. In this country, we, we went away from masking for the vaccinated in May. With the emergence of Delta variant, we had to kind of go back to masking. When will that change again? So there'll be a lot. There'll be the infectious disease aspect of it, and then there'll be the social aspect of it that will kind of be evolving here for the next, at least the next six months. Yeah, I agree. And, and we can talk about that as we get closer to Thanksgiving in the United States. People are going to want to start getting together again. And there are some good recommendations that the CDC put forth regarding how to do that safely. Of course, they say outdoors is better than indoors for large gathering. In Minnesota, I don't know, that's not really an option for us. Well, I guess it is if you wear your, you know, snowsuits. But still, you know, how do you get together safely with people? And, and vaccination plays a large role in that. Of course, if you're in a very large crowded public gathering in an area where there's high rates of COVID transmission, then masking probably would also be indicated. But we could talk about some of the specific guidelines that the CDC's come out with as we get closer to those times. Yep. And I think it's going to come back to the, where we've been all along, but people are going to have to kind of calibrate their own personal risks, their own personal situation, the risks in their family members for Thanksgiving, what's happening in their community. There's all sorts of variables that go in there. So I'm sure there'll be opportunities for us to provide some clarity to people on these things. Mm -hmm. Well, I do have to say that having just went past Halloween now, uh, I was really impressed with all the costumes and a lot of them actually incorporated masks into their costumes. I don't know if you got to see any of the trick-or-treaters. We had very few in our neighborhood and I was actually, we have a new puppy. So I was on dog patrol to make sure none of them came <laughs> out to scare the few trick-or-treaters we have. So I did not actually get to see many costumes. Oh, it was, they were really clever. And of course it was getting pretty cold too. So wearing a nice warm costume is a good idea for Halloween in Minnesota. But a lot of people actually had the mask kind of built into their costume, which was right. kind of fun. Nice, excellent. Yeah, I remember we talked about that last year. It's hard to believe that we're still... I don't know if we anticipated that, but uh, mm -hmm. there you have it. So we could have had a contest for who could incorporate a mask into the <laughs> Yeah, really. It is interesting that we're now talking about this and reflecting back and it wasn't, it doesn't seem that long ago that we were talking about Halloween and COVID, Thanksgiving and COVID, the holiday season in general and COVID. So here we are two years later, a little wiser perhaps, but we'll still have a lot of things to talk about given that the pandemic's still with us. Yeah, I agree. And I think we'll have lots to talk about with COVID. As importantly, there's all the other issues that are out there, which we started mm -hmm. to pivot towards, you know, during the summer. And then, of course, we had the, the increases in surging cases related to the Delta variant being in our country. It'll be a very interesting time going into 2022 because there's a lot of looking ahead that we'll have to do. One of the things that uh, I learned from one of my fellow department chairs here at Mayo who actually spent time in the military is actually standing down from a crisis is often more challenging than standing up for a crisis. And so how much can we stand down? How much do we need to carry forward in terms of protecting ourselves against COVID? How do we pivot to other things? It's going to be huge. There's a lot of really substantive issues for the laboratory in particular regarding to regulations and reimbursement, which are going to really be front and center. So there's a lot. And there's also things about understanding about how much remote care we're going to have going forward. What does that mean for healthcare? What does that mean for laboratories? There's all sorts of issues that existed before the pandemic and that some of which are now going to be new or accelerated because of it coming out of it. That'll be very interesting for us to discuss and grapple with because all of us will be dealing with them. 
Yeah, I agree, Bill. I think that's the nice thing about our podcast. We can look back and reflect on lessons learned, but we could also continue to look forward. We're going to be talking about a lot of issues in the upcoming episodes, including regulation. I think also another important topic is how does the laboratory continue to maintain its presence in talking to the public? We've learned a lot about our role in laboratory medicine and providing information to the public, to our colleagues, and we want to continue to do that. You're right, to the public and to our colleagues. I mean, to decision Mm -hmm. makers, it's amazing how much, if you go back again, the focus early days was so much on on getting a test and it was difficult. Do Do we have the right kind of diagnostic infrastructure to respond? Now we go back and many of those issues are now, we've been talking about vaccines and things for so long, have receded from the consciousness of both of healthcare decision makers as well as the public and as well as policy decision makers. And it's incumbent on us to really make sure we, we carry the banner for those messages because they're so important. We don't want to end up ever again where we were at the onset of this pandemic, where we struggled just to have the right tools available to understand who had the virus. So, and that, so pandemic preparedness, all sorts of things that will, that will be out there for us, but important for us to understand and talk about and advocate for as laboratory professionals. I agree. So for our listeners, lots more to come. Stay tuned. That's right. Well, it was great talking to you as always. Yeah, you too. And uh, I'm glad we'll still have plenty to talk about. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.